The great preacher Fred Craddock tells a story about being on a flight back when they still had smoking sections on airplanes. Do any of you remember that? You have to be a certain age to remember that. Young people, it is true, they used to allow smoking on airplanes. Well, Craddock had booked uh, a seat in the no smoking section, and he sat down, a plane took off, and once they got up to cruising altitude, the guy across the aisle from him pulled out a long black cigar and lit up. Well, Craddock was not happy, so when the flight attendant came down the aisle, he stopped her and he said, hey, I thought this was the no smoking section. Am I in the wrong spot? And she said, no, you're fine. And she turned to the man with the cigar and said, sir, this is the no smoking section. You'll need to put that out. Then she walked off, and he ignored her and kept smoking. A few minutes later, flight attendant came back down the aisle, and Craddock, of course, was very displeased at this point, so he stopped her again and said, the guy across the aisle is still smoking the cigar. Can you do something about this? So she turned to the gentleman and she said, sir, I asked you earlier, you need to put this out. This is the no smoking section. Then she walked off and he ignored her and he kept smoking his cigar. Well, of course, at that point, Craddock was incensed, but he said in a beautiful twist of fate, a few minutes later, the same flight attendant came down the aisle carrying a large tray of drinks. And just as she got next to the man with the lit cigar, the plane hit turbulence and she dumped the entire thing into his lap and his cigar was extinguished. Ah, says Craddock, don't tell me there's no God. <laughs> now friends, let's admit this, on a certain level, we find stories like that a little satisfying, don't we? Just a little bit satisfying. You know, it's like instant poetic justice. Somebody getting what they deserve. What's fair is fair, right? You know, actually, I think one of the most difficult lessons to learn in life is that things aren't always fair, that poetic justice is not always the order of the day, that sometimes people get a break that they don't really deserve, that they haven't earned at all. When our son Andy was a senior at Texas Tech, he was in a business class that required you to finish a senior project. It was a group project. And the professor didn't allow the students to select their own groups. They had to pick other students in the class to work with. So um, Andy just sort of ended up with this group of people he didn't know. And he said that uh, things from the very beginning didn't go well. Um, he said that. Uh, they met for the first time to organize the project, and the rest of the people just seemed to be sort of blowing it off. And he, he thought, you know, maybe he might be the only one who ended up doing the work. And as the months unfolded, that's what happened. Andy said he couldn't get the rest of the group to meet with him. Some of the people in the class, you know, really weren't even attending regularly. And then he called us about a week before it was due and said, I'm, I'm working night and day trying to finish this project. This is just a, a mess, and I'm scared that I'm going to get a bad grade. Well, at that point, he went to see the professor, figuring that he'd tell this guy what was going on. He'd see that it was unfair, and he'd intervene in some way. But that's not what happened. And he saw the professor and, and told him what was going on. And the professor said, well, you know what? When you graduate and get a job, you're going to work with all kinds of people, including people who don't do what they're supposed to do. 
So I would count this as a learning experience. You'll figure something out. And Andy said, hey, that's not fair. And the professor said, son, life's not fair. Ever had somebody say that to you? Life's not fair? Yeah, we hear that. Life's not fair, and in, inside we think, well, that stinks. I wish that it was. So maybe that's why so many of us find our Texas morning to be a little disturbing. This parable of the laborers and the vineyard just sort of gets us where we live. You know, it touches that part of us that really wants everything to be fair, especially when it comes to God, right? I mean, it's one thing to say God is God and we are not, and God has the right to be as generous as God chooses to be, and it's another thing altogether to have Jesus tell a parable that seems to betray a God who's a lot less concerned with fairness than we are. But here it is in the Gospel of Matthew, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. There was a landowner who decided to go to the marketplace very early in the morning to hire some folks to work in his vineyard. He found some, rounded them up, and made an agreement with them. You work, I'll pay you a day's wage for a day's work. Back then, that would have been one denarius. So the laborers go to the vineyard, they get to work. A few hours later, the landowner decides he needs some more people in his vineyard, so he does the same thing. He goes back to the marketplace, he finds some folks to work in the vineyard, he promises he will pay them a day's wage for a day's work, one denarius. They go to the vineyard and they start to work too. And the landowner does this several times. He goes back at noon, he goes back at three, he goes back at five o'clock each time hiring people to work in the vineyard. The people who showed up at 5 p.m. to work, well, they only had an hour to go because quitting time was six. So at six o'clock, the vineyard owner gets his manager and says, line up all of the laborers and pay them for their day's work, starting with those who've worked the shortest time, those who've only been here for an hour. So the manager begins to pay, and he gives those folks who have only worked one hour the full day's wage, the whole denarius. And we can only imagine how fast word travels down the line, you know? Hey, this guy paid the full wage, a full day's worth of wages to the people who'd only worked an hour. Just imagine what the people at the end of the line are gonna get. But that's not how it works out. No, the manager keeps paying and everybody gets exactly the same thing, the full day's wage. Well, those people who had worked all day long in the broiling sun are upset about this. They feel that they've been cheated because they got paid the same as those who had only worked an hour, and they're grumbling about it. The vineyard owner hears this, and he says, now hold on a minute. Didn't I give you what you were promised? And don't I have the right to do what I wish with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? Now, friends, this is one of those instances where the literal Greek translation of the phrase, I think, can really help us better understand what Jesus is saying here. 
This phrase, are you envious because I am generous, literally translated from the Greek, says, is your eye evil because I am good? Now that puts a different spin on it, doesn't it? Is your eye evil because I am good? In other words, are you giving me the evil eye because I am good? And then Jesus tops off this whole thing by making this amazing summary statement. The last will be first and the first will be last. Friends, what is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying that God is not fair? That's what it sounds like to me. What about you? Is Jesus actually saying that God is not fair? Well, in a word, yes. That is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that God is not fair. Now, I know that sounds a little shocking at first, right? But it's true. Actually, it's the gospel truth. God is not fair, meaning that God does not give us what we earn or deserve. No, God is generous because God offers us grace upon grace. So even though we sometimes talk this way, not a single one of us is going to receive our heavenly reward. Because as we've discussed before, Christianity is not a reward system. God doesn't dangle eternal life out there like a carrot, hoping that we'll then work harder to earn extra credit with him or live a godly life so we can get it. No, we worship a God of grace. We cannot earn or deserve our salvation. It is given to us as a free gift. Our God is not fair. Our God is generous. And if this really bothers us, if our eye is evil because he is good, perhaps it's because most of us tend to identify with the people who have worked all day long out in the broiling sun and receive the same pay as those who have only been there an hour. This makes us very upset. We can start questioning what we're doing with our lives, right? We can end up asking ourselves, well, if this is the way the whole thing works, why am I spending my time the way I do? Why am I giving of myself the way I am? Why in the world am I doing things like volunteering at the San Antonio Food Bank? or giving financial support to Haven for Hope, or tithing my income, or volunteering to teach Sunday school, or serving on church committees year after year. Why am I doing these things if this is the way this whole thing works? Well, friends, we live that way as Christian people, not because we're earning extra credit, not because we're gonna get heavenly benefits in some way, no, we, we live a life that honors God, that pleases God, because we love God and we appreciate all that God has done for us. And we know that as we live a godly life that pleases and honors God, we draw closer to God. And as we draw closer and closer to God, we experience joy and meaning and satisfaction, you see that can't be replicated in any other way. And that's an incredible reward in and of itself. 
Some years ago in another church, I knew a gentleman who had spent the bulk of his life living selfishly, self-focused. You know that you can sit in church every week and still live that way, right? His uh, motto was look out for number one, and he would admit that. But he was transformed in his later years when he went on his very first mission trip. He spent a week in Juarez, Mexico, building a cinder block house for a family that had been living in a cardboard shack. And when they completed the project and he took part in the worship service to bless that house, he cried right in front of everybody. He told multiple people, I wish that I had known about this when I was younger. This is the best feeling I've ever had. The feeling that he was experiencing, friends, is that deep joy and meaning and satisfaction that comes with serving in the name of Jesus, with living a life to the best of our ability that honors God, that pleases God. You know, we might joke about it, you know, living the lookout for number one kind of life, but deep down, don't we know that that sort of life is ultimately empty? And if we can admit that to ourselves, if we can be honest with ourselves, that living some sort of self-focused life is a shadow of the life lived in the spirit, then maybe then we can let go of the idea that someone who lives a life like that and then repents on their deathbed hasn't somehow won the lottery. Oh, but instead, they are deserving of our compassion and even our pity because they've missed out on so much of what likes, makes our life truly rich. But all that being said, it's a mistake to spend too much time focused on those folks who worked all day in the broiling sun and got the denarius. Um, if we do that, we're gonna miss the point of this parable entirely. You see, friends, like so many of the other stories that Jesus taught, this one has a twist, a surprise to it that will enrich our faith life tremendously if we can only let go of assumptions and open our hearts to receive it. Do you see, friends, that none of us, not a single one of us, is one who worked all day in the broiling sun and only got the denarius, no. All of us, every single one of us is a short timer who could never earn or deserve the generosity of the landlord. Every single one of us receives grace by faith as a free gift. Not a single one of us can earn or deserve the grace that our generous God offers us. And when we understand that, when we understand our place in the line, well, it affects how we think about ourselves, doesn't it? And about God, and also how we see our neighbor too, does it not? 
No, friends, we can't earn or deserve our salvation. That's the point of this parable. And in that way, it encapsulates the whole gospel. Jesus' brilliance in this shines through. Our God is not fair, but our God is oh so generous. And thanks be to God for that, amen? Let's pray. Most loving God, we give you thanks for you are so generous. You pour grace into our lives and you redeem us and lift us up. Lord, how can we ever thank you enough? Help us, Lord, to understand the beauty of your grace, the meaning of true grace. Let it wash over us and fill our hearts that we may also express it to our neighbor. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.